What's up, Whisper Nation? It is July 19th, Monday, which you know means another mock draft coming your way. This time we got a 12-team PPR. Let's get it going. Right here. Johnny Game Time Hicks, Big Travi. What's going on, man? Men. What's up? What is up? We're doing it, man. The last mock draft Monday before the mock draft marathon. Big things headed into this weekend. But, you know, we got a lot of questions, Austin, in the Discord. Hey, you guys still mocking even though you're going to do like 50 of them, a million of them this weekend? Uh, yeah, we're crazy about that. Big, big Travi, you're talking about the mock draft marathon. For the uninitiated, can you tell us what's going on this weekend? Yeah, so this is our flagship show, man. This is what we hang our hat on. This is our way to bring the community together with the people that we love in Whisper Nation. We bring the fantasy football community in. We do 24 straight hours of mock drafting. You guys love these mock draft Mondays so much. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you click notifications because this Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're kicking it off, and we're kicking it off with none other than Liz Loza of Yahoo Fantasy, who is going to be our kickoff. This She's going to take some time out of her busy schedule covering the Olympics to mm-hmm. come and join us, Scrubs, and, and mock a little bit, get a little crazy with us. And then we're going to go all full circle mm-hmm. from 10 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are going 24 hours of mock draft uh, marathon through YouTube, and then we're going to close it out with our boy Josh Hudson and Faith over at uh, Club Fantasy FFL, who we are linking up with to sponsor, uh, to co-sponsor this event as we give all the proceeds that we're going to raise for this raffle when we do giveaways. Awesome. We're going to give that money to the women, the Women in Sports Foundation as our flagship charity for this event. Um, and, and Josh and the boys, uh, Faith, uh, jo- uh, Joe, and um, who am I forgetting here? Ryan Weiss, of course, all over there going to be helping us out with that charity. So super pumped for this year. Uh, I'm going to be great. That's yeah, we're great. Good. And Johnny, you were talking, or, or Travis, you were talking about some of the different charities and some of the different sponsorships. And I know we've got different ways to join a lot of those mock drafts. Johnny, can you share a little bit about those details? Yeah. So uh, I will put up on the screen here. We will be sharing links to each of those rooms because we want Whisper Nation to join in on those mock with some of the best analysts in the entire industry and so obviously those patreon subscribers of ours will get first access to those links you could get that at at the five dollar level and uh those links will be put out before the mock drafts and then if there are any spots left open then the discord channel will be dropped in there and if you're you know lucky enough after that if we if they're not filled up we will be tweeting those out uh those links out so uh, so if I understand this correctly, Johnny, not to not to not to cut you off, but I want to make sure mm-hmm. I get this right, because I want to make sure that none of my homies who are really looking to get in on the mock draft marathon action might be looking to draft alongside of Liz Loza, might be looking to draft alongside the boys at Club FFL. Maybe even have we have we have we talked? Did you mention the Wait. our extra special guest? No, we didn't. Okay. You can go ahead and announce it. If you want to go ahead and draft with historic coach Hugh Jackson, who's a big <laughs> fantasy football fan and is going to be a part of the mock draft marathon. That's right. Former Raiders and Cleveland Browns head coach, Baker Mayfield's favorite of all time. You can draft alongside with him just by joining our Patreon at the $5 level and coming and getting those links ahead of time and being a part of the draft rooms. If we do have spillover, it's coming over on Twitter. But if you join up on Patreon, you can catch the links as soon as Johnny drops them and be a part of any of the mock drafts we're doing for the 24-hour run, drafting alongside of some of the industry's best. Bam, nailed it. 
That's why, you're the, that's why you're the best in the industry, Austin, because you could summarize really well. Well, unlike and speaking me, unlike of me. summaries, well, thank you so much for that. We'll put it together. I want to give a shout out here to Whisper Nation who we got because we got a lot of mock drafts coming up next week, but we've got a hell of a mock draft skewed up for you right now. We got Johnny Game Time here in the one spot. The Cat's Pajamas at number two. Pizza Belly at three, like that name. Freak Stomp at four. Good names on this one. Freak Stomp. <laughs> Freak Stomp. What was, was, was that what Edward Norton had in American History X? I don't know. M.M. Meet Seeks oh, in the five. Brocal 38 at six. Jay Blay at seven. The Real Whisper, formerly Death by Rona at eight. Drew K. Lou at nine. NYG Noah at 10. Don Flick at 11. What's up, Donnie? And Big Travi there in the 12 spot. Whisper Nation, thanks for joining us here. If you are listening and didn't have a chance to join a part of this actual sleeper room, make sure you're following the Discord link. That's where we're dropping the links out first. And then follow alongside on Twitter because you can catch it after that. But just catch it early on the Discord link. Do, ever, do, your, do your parents a favor. It'll make them happy. Uh, <laughs> you guys ready? You ready? Yeah. I'm ready. Uh, if, uh, oh, if you have permission, I'll start the draft here. Yeah, you have to do start Do I have it, permission? Yeah, you have, I'm, I'm first on the clock here. And it won't take long for me. All right, I'm starting it. All right. None to it but to do it. I'm going to do... Uh, I do think that uh, Dalvin Cook is very worthy of that number one overall pick, but uh, I will go ahead and take CMC here because I rarely ever draft CMC, so wanna, why not? I want to ask you on this. There was a Facebook thread that some of our mutual sports fans had started saying, who are you taking one overall? Michael Bowley came in the comments and said it's between McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, or Derrick Henry. My stance on this one is I'm actually shifting it to Derrick Henry, and the reasoning behind it is his ceiling is elite, but I think his floor is unquestioned the highest. Is that an unfair position if you're trying to take the lowest risk with still high upside take? Or is it, is it, should you be going for more upside in a Christian McCaffrey play, Johnny? I mean, I think that both CMC and Dalvin Cook have tremendous upside. So it just kind of, it goes back to like last year, right? When the whole battle was between CMC and Saquon Barkley. Now, neither one of those guys really panned out for you, but we always argued like, you know, me and you, we really like Saquon. We, you know, we, my sole argument was that, you know, CMC and we've never seen a running back repeat number one overall. And that was why I was staying away. Um, and I got a lot of flack for it. But um, I, I think when you're number one and you're deciding between a talented running back in Dalvin Cook, who they've upgraded that offensive line, mind you, there was, uh, especially with their, their right tackle, horrible at the run blocking and, and getting over in that zone, uh, you know, on the stretch plays. So they got a new rookie in there uh, to help sure up that line. I actually think Dalvin Cook could even be, have a bigger year than what he had last year, which is why I like taking him number one. Um, but like I said, uh, CMC, I don't really draft him too often, so I might as well uh, try it out here, see how I like it. I like that take on there. And Travis, you're on the opposite side here. You're at the 12 spots, and none of those elite running backs are going to be available to you unless something really crazy happens. What are you hoping for? What's an ideal shakeup, and what's an also expectation if you're at the backside of a draft in a PPR or standard format? Johnny and I just did a video on like a strategy for our Patreon subscribers and it was the RB anchor strategy. Like if you go RB anchor, who were you able to, you know, that one RB in the first round, who are you able to kind of get in the second round? Yeah. I still think I'm going to go a little RB anchor here. I got a, a, um, I want to go Austin Eckler. If Donnie doesn't take him right here, that's my, that's my 
choice. Um, I'm going to go Austin Eckler, and uh, and I'm able oh, like to do that. that. And then I also want to turn around and get Devontae Adams. I don't know how three wide receivers left, and Devontae Adams wasn't one of them. Uh, so mm. this is kind of what I wanted to wanted to end up with at the end, and it, and it kind of fell into my lap this way. So uh, I just think that Adams is poised again to be in such a narrow target tree. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers set to report to camp. We've got Devontae Adams uh, just dominating as, as a touchdown scorer for this team. Nobody really added of note, and I just think Austin Eckler gets slept on as a, an elite wide receiver at the running back position. Mm. Uh, just because he's a little un, he's undrafted, he's had a little bit of injury history last year, but he came back and fought through that hamstring injury to really dominate once he got on the field with Herbert. So, and I, you're just saying, and, and there's no concern from an injury or an undersized perspective or a la- lack of perceived volume. Maybe that um, that's something like uh, a- maybe a little bit of goal line. Uh, we've seen him kind of get vultured on the goal line a little more because he is smaller. But his elite wide receiver abilities, his elite pass catching abilities. I mean, his yards per route run at the running back position are top notch. And I think in a PPR especially, but in any kind of format, uh, catches for the running back are way more uh, way more valuable than a, than a carry because they're able to do more with that on a, any given basis. You know, I, I do want to ask you one follow up question here, not necessarily about Austin Eckler, but about a posi- uh, another running back that you didn't take. Um, because these are some they're, they're a little bit hair splitting, but these are the right. big decisions that come your draft. You're sitting there on the clock and you might not have thought two guys were available and they both are. And the trajectory of your season could be on the line with this. So absolutely. Travi, why'd you go with Austin Eckler instead of Aaron Jones? Yeah, so I debated that. Um, I think to d- diversify my bonds a little bit, not having both Packers, I wouldn't mind it. Those are the you were taking Adams. Own. Yeah, but I knew I wanted Adams, and it was just a it was a hair split, like you said. It was like, okay, do I take Aaron Jones here or do I take Austin Eckler? I invested in both of those offenses instead of just one offense. Um, should something happen, um, if we're talking undersized, Aaron Jones is also an undersized guy, not as undersized as Austin Eckler. He's got his own concerns. I don't think I subscribe to those i think that you know the real whisper obviously scott is over here with a nice value i mean he was next on the list um him and and cam Akers there but yeah it was just a personal preference just splitting hairs here mocking it up a little bit and i want to go ahead and answer my own question before we kick it to johnny on this one because i was thinking what about cam Akers? that looks like a maybe a bell cow type of back but i'm going to say from my perspective one of the things i picked over the last couple of years is especially in that first round I'm not looking for question marks. There right. are so many sky high players, two, three, four, five rounds continuing down in that first round. Don't pull a CEH of last year, who I was a big fan of. And even if the situation is right and you expect for it to happen, I would rather take someone who we've already seen do it and has all of the variables in line to do it again versus somebody who probably should, but we haven't yet seen get those players a little bit further down the line. That's the way I would take it from Love drafting, it. especially in that first round, minimize the risk, up the risk and the ceiling as you work your way down the draft. Oh, and that's all over your take for Derrick Henry just a little bit ago too. Like that's yeah. the same kind of DNA of that take. You know, it's like, are we trying to minimize, uh, you know, are we trying to minimize risk here? Or are we trying to uh, shoot for the moon? And, and I think, like you said, like you can get a ceiling out of Derrick Henry, but you know you're going to get a floor out of that guy. Johnny, bringing it back to you, I know you're on the clock right now, but you got you got two minutes here to pick. This is a really interesting position. What are you looking for right now, and what do you normally expect at the backside, picking at the one of that two-three turn? I expect a lot of value here uh, yeah. at that because, like you said, there's a lot of players, especially with how some of these other guys are going, that that they 
they just fall. Uh, I want to mention Devontae Adams falling could be a result of, again, people not uh, – people are still unsure if Aaron Rodgers is going to show up, but reports are coming out now that he is going to report to uh, mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers training camp. So I expect Devontae Adams to jump back up to the number one. As far as what I'm looking for here, I'm definitely going to grab A.J. Brown because I think that's a tremendous fall and steal there. Now I have a difficult decision, though, to be honest with you, because I think that the RB anchor strategy is going to be heavily used this year. I think that a lot of people are, are realizing that, hey, I don't necessarily have to have like this solid RB2. I can fill in, especially in a PPR, I can fill in with some guys later on in the draft and be okay uh, and just like change those pieces out. And so I think what we're starting to see is, you know, a lot of this RB1 uh, anchor strategy where you take a, a solid RB in the first round and then you're filling out the rest of your roster and then just grabbing a couple late round dart throw uh, running backs later on. It is a little bit difficult right now, though. I'm not going to lie. I really want to take DeAndre Swift here, my boy. Uh, <laughs> but I've got. <laughs> but you're I, a reasonable man. I am. I'm going <laughs> Maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually do something I rarely do. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Calvin Ridley here. I like it. Pair man. with AJ Brown. Um, I do believe Calvin Ridley will have a touchdown regression season coming up because there is no more Julio. We saw, uh, you know, Calvin without Julio, his touchdowns were cut in half, and so, so when you know, not not are looking at that kind of data right now saying, oh, he should have the number one target opportunity, and he, and he will, but there also comes a price at that. And what we've seen over history of not only uh, Ridley, but over Matt Ryan is Julio was there, his number one, and Julio was never a big target, a touchdown guy. And then what we saw is kind of the same thing happened when they switched to Ridley as the number one when Julio was out. It was uh, Gage that was getting the touchdowns, it was uh, Zakidius that was getting the touchdowns. So, is it was there a huge sample size to say 100% that's the case every single time with Matt Ryan and his number one and number twos? I'm not sure, uh, but it is an interesting trend that I am definitely eyeing. So, and Johnny, uh, yeah, let me let me ask you about this one too because and, and not to not to beat up here on the Falcons, but it's been a very viable hot spot for fantasy mm. production for many years. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Freeman, uh, uh, Tariq, uh, not Tariq Cohen, um, uh, who was Devontae Freeman's backup for a long time? Uh, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman, thank you. Tony Gonzalez, Austin Hooper even for a flash, Hayden Hurst. Like, we've had a lot of fantasy viable players all across the roster. But with Dave Ragone coming in as the offensive coordinator, Johnny, do you expect to see any shift in that high-powered, voluminous passing attack? Uh, absolutely. Uh, great yeah. point. It's going to be, it's actually going to be Arthur Smith. That's going to be doing the offensive. Uh, even though he's a head coach, he's also running the offense there, Austin. And it was, I got into a little bit of a, a Twitter battle this weekend, uh, with someone that was, you know, he was very adamant that Arthur Smith was going to change his system because Atlanta is was top. They've been top three in passing attempts over the last three seasons. However, you look at Arthur Smith and what he does, they were bottom three the last two years in pass attempts. So I do think there's going to be a drastic change. Uh, there's been a lot of comments that have come out by Arthur Smith saying, this is my system. I will fit these guys into my system. It will work. And I, you know, 
a lot of people tend to believe, oh, that's just coach talk this early. We've seen this time and time again where coaches that they are they're they don't change their stripes. They don't. They they are a if they're a tiger, they're they're a tiger. And this they is go what got them they, here. Exactly. And so what you're going to see is a lot of eleven personnel. You're going and which is also why I'm not so high on Kyle Pitts, because most people just think that uh Her, Hayden Hurst is gonna fade into the background, but that's not the reality. Both Jonu and Ferkser last year had 13% market Fer- share yeah. in that. The Ferkter, yeah. He, they both had 13%. So Hurst will be annoying to pit to to people who take pit uh because Hurst is going to get, you know, 10 to 12% market share. It's the reality. And he'll and he'll steal some touchdowns. So that's a gr- that's be aware of it, right? Yeah, be aware. And I, I speaking of being aware, Travis, I know you're coming up to make some picks, but we got some yeah. great questions that are coming yeah, in let's get from this the way. community chat here. Um, Zeke Waller was mentioned by Tony Reimer here, um, who and I bring that up because Waller was mentioned down just a little bit later. Tony also said I was planning on the anchor running back strategy, but couldn't pass on Swift. Love him, Phil PPR man. Speaking of Johnny's heart. Yeah. Um, P- Pizza Belly, this is the question I kind of wanted to get to. Pizza Belly asks, how early would you draft Waller and or Kittle? And I especially wanted to know from Travi's take because he really influenced me last year in our league of record. And I went and took Kittle. I was in the 1-1 spot. I took Kittle at that 2-3 <laughs> turn. And I no, 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 I loved it. I loved it. You can't predict injuries. And at the time, he was points per game, number one tight end. I think he was even ahead of Kittle after he had like that massive 20-point game coming back. Um, so... Where do you think right now? And then with Waller, because we've talked about Waller, how he's actually this great wide receiver. He's getting like 1,100 yards, and there's reason to believe he's even going to be more uh, opportunistic this year. They haven't improved their wide receivers. You're banking on development, but Waller's going to develop even more, and he's got the trust of Carr and Gruden. What do you think, Travi, here about the Kittle-Waller um, situation? I think this draft kind of went where it should. Kittle's got a little bit more question marks this year than he did last year coming in with Trey Lance. We don't know when Trey Lance will be in. We don't know how that will affect Kittle. We like to think that it will be good uh, just on the basis of like rookie quarterbacks tend to like their tight end. Um, we we see that uh, Trey Lance did run a pro-style offense, but everybody knows he's a little bit raw. They want to see what happens with him. Um, I will say that Kittle has dominated regardless of C.J. Beathard, uh, Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo. So I actually think that Kittle is the biggest value of the three because he's now going in the third and fourth round. So I'd be more inclined to stack two and then take him. But I have no problem taking Kittle or Kelsey or Waller interchangeably in the second round. I get why you would take Kelsey over Waller. But let's be very clear that Waller has tied him in, in tight end targets and got more red zone looks than he did. He tied Devontae Adams with 27 red zone targets. That's tops in the NFL. So I don't mind taking Waller or Kelsey. I would prefer Kelsey because I prefer his quarterback. I prefer his situation. I prefer the offense. But to 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 like look away from the fact that Darren Waller is a number one option on his team and he's the main vein of that offense is is foolish in my opinion. Great breakdown on here and great to pivot here. Just a little bit. I want to give a big shout out here to Scott. Scott Klafiki. Yeah. Excuse me. Hey, that last name. Uh, death by Rona. That's More death artist, by Rona. artist normally known Hashtag, as yeah, yeah, he's like he's like Ron Artest. He changes his name. Uh, he is a sponsor. He has now joined us on Patreon. Thank you so much, Scott. We appreciate yeah. you. You know, we know you come in here a little hot, hey. but we we love we love the takes. We love the I, spice. I do want Scott to know though that we're going to list him as Death by Rona and the sponsors. Okay, he can't get away from that. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> Scott. We'll put you down as we he's really like, appreciate. He's like Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, and yeah, and uh, oh, Panda Friends. 
This God, is that's, beautiful. That's a, that's a day lifter, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, thank you so yeah. much, man. Yeah. Really, uh, really cool. First off, I want to ask Travis, what the hell are you doing, man? You trying to raise Chase Edmonds draft capital all the way to the fourth round? Come on, man. Bro, That's, if I didn't take him there, I wasn't going to get him, right? I know. Like, so. I know I know that you weren't going to get him. That's absolutely <laughs> right. But, man, early fourth. I mean, this uh, is just what's bound to happen. We're, I mean, you're all over Twitter. I got to give props to Johnny. He's been taking it on the chest all over Twitter this last weekend. Just like you, you feel like Johnny's over there like – I don't know, World of Warcrafting it out on his keyboard, and he's just like on Twitter, and he's like, Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds. I got to talk about Chase Edmonds. I mean, he was just all over Twitter this last weekend, and I was just like, man, go. Mike, I got to see my guy go here because he's bringing the facts. People want to continue to think that Chase Edmonds isn't going to get the overall first crack at this job, and that's the important part to me, that he's going to get that first crack at it. Should he falter? Yes, James Conner is there. His leash may be shorter than we think, but the upside of that guy to be the overall all guy in a Cliff Kingsbury offense that we actually could see the first time of an air raid because he's had to do this horizontal raid because they haven't got the wide receivers right in Arizona. Now they've got something there. You got AJ Green coming out saying that he's revitalized. Kyler saying there's something big there. Um, and then you've got, of course, DeAndre Hopkins and then this new rookie, Rondell Moore. You get that right, open up some passing lanes for the running backs, and Chase Edmonds could feast this year. And, and, and Travis, the defense top 10 is probably yes. the, the the defense is looking shiny which on is paper the offense. on paper that defense should be otherworldly right now as far as pass rush we got to see if jj Watt can hold up obviously that's been a big thing in his career but chandler jones and some of the other playmakers they have on that offense Buda obviously buddha baker in the in the secondary so yeah i just think there's a lot to be happy about in arizona obviously the sun's doing their part to make that uh, the case in the valley right now but the the cardinals are right around the corner trying to trying to make their mark as well no that's a big wave and chase edmonds is he's moving up and I gotta—I I don't want to spend too much time on this one, Johnny, because I know you could rip him for days. But I gotta—Ian Hart had said something great on the show last week. Ian Hart, it's from Pro Football Focus, said we don't hate players, we hate ADP. I hate the game. Josh mm, yeah. Jacobs's ADP has gone from the third round when we started this this year to now the fifth round coming after guys like Miles Gaskin and Chase Edmonds. This is a man who has never gotten under a thousand yards on the ground. Uh, averaging around nine and a half touchdowns per season in his first two years. Is this, is, is Josh Jacobs in the fifth round a steal, Johnny? Or are you still saying not on my lawn? Get out of here, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm more inclined in a, a PPR or I mean, excuse me, in like a standard or half point uh, to take him around there. I actually think that that is more. Okay. Like you said, he's going to, get over a thousand yards most likely chase or uh Kenyon drake has already come out and he said himself hey this is you know this is josh jacobs going to be the lead dog i'm here to to spell him and then also take the passing work similarly to you know because it's a ppr i would rather have drake because he's going to get those pass catching he's a really good pass catcher i was a little surprised that they didn't use him more in that role here in arizona but you have chase who's really good at that so there could have been that but i do think that drake will have value but yeah i'm i'm actually coming around a little bit on jacobs uh where he's falling to i think that's more so the right area uh because Again, he's going to get touches. We know that John Gruden loves to run the ball and then run the ball some more. Uh, so I, I do think that Josh Jacobs is finally starting to fall into the right right spot. 
Speaking of coming around, the draft just came around to the 5-6 turn. And Travis, we saw you pick up Odell Beckham and Chase Claypool. The upside is forcing a smile on my face. But what was going through your mind making those two wide receiver selections? Yeah, I'm looking at some of the uh, wide receivers available. Maybe Deontay Johnson you could make the argument for. But Tyler Lockett, obviously going to be with Russell Wilson. But we've talked about his inconsistency. Devonta Smith, yeah, he could be the number one there on a team that I'm not sure throws a ton. Uh, Deontay Johnson, we've talked about concentration issues. We've talked about Big Ben uh, connectivity issues. And if I'm going to take a wide receiver from Pittsburgh, I think it's Claypool. He fits the uh, alpha build. If he can increase the targets, he was only on 63% snap share last year as a rookie. Uh, this is a guy who scored 10 touchdowns uh, as a rookie. That's that's big deal uh, as far as production in the past. And then Odell Beckham has has commanded 20% or 25% uh, target market share t- between 20 and 25 basically every time he's been on the field with Baker. So I, as long as he's healthy, I don't see why he's not wide receiver top 10 in, in targets this year. And so for me, I, I want to take that with my wide receivers. I want volume. And yeah, I know we've, we've been waiting and waiting to see OBJ's full form, but at this discount, I'll take him right here and, and keep stacking other wide receivers if I, you know, for depth. And just to remind folks, even though we've seen a lot of I'll say disappointment in Odell Beckham. The man has still had over a thousand yards in all but just two seasons. And those two seasons, he was drastically injured and missed a lot of time. Even in that year in Cleveland where it was like, what's going on, bro? He had a thousand thirty five yards and four touchdowns and didn't play every game. So it's like, yeah, he's still a story. He still wants to be there. He still wants to be that hotness. He's 28 years old. I'm excited to see what it's about. And we know if it if it bottoms out, whatever. But I'm pretty excited about it. I'm also excited about how many people we've got watching the show right now, boys. We yeah. got 20 folks in the live chat. We got, as Travi would say, just 10 thumbs up. If you could do us a favor and yeah, hit that thumbs those. up button. How does also, it go, Travis? No, no, that's right. You had it going, man. It's just like we've got 20 people in here watching. I know you're right there. Just hit the like button. It's that easy. Just we've got it. Let's go. Really helps our channel. We're hey boys, we're like four away from 1,600 subscribers on yeah, YouTube. Let's get that today. Let's yeah. Let's do it. That would be awesome. We do this because we love it. It's why we're going to be doing the mock draft marathon next week. Our flagship show where we do 24 straight hours of live mock drafting. It'll be like this one, but 24 hours long. Not just one draft, 24 different mock drafts every hour on the hour starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. This upcoming Saturday, that's the 24th, going until Sunday. we got a lot of great guest hosts that are joining us. Liz Loza, former NFL head coach Hugh Jackson. We've got the boys from Club FFL and a ton of your favorite industry analysts and personal and personalities joining the show. If you want to get in on drafting alongside of us, as well as other industry professionals, go ahead and join our Patreon link at the $5 level. That's how you get early access and a near guarantee then to be a part of these drafts. You can also follow along on Twitter and get the scraps that come after that. But go ahead and just set yourself up to get what you want coming in at the $5 Patreon level. We'll be doing it this weekend. And it's going to be freaking awesome, man. This is a really fun one. It's going to be our fourth one that we've done. So we've gotten kind of good at it up to this yeah. point. Yeah. So you're getting kind of good at it. Johnny, you're on the clock right now. You're at the 6-7 turn. What's going through your mind? You've taken Chris McCaffrey, A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, and Kyler Murray. So you got a nice running back, or you got a running back anchor with three really good wide receivers and your quarterback. But where's your head up now? What's up, Rob? Um, I'm... I want to, I almost want to do this stack and just grab Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones here, Ooh. 
and just tie up that RB two, which I'm just going to do that. I, there, the wrong, I, those are the wrong backs, dude. It's Gio, Giovanni Bernard, dude. Yeah. Right. And Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm Let's just going to, there, I do. There was a couple of players that I was really looking at that I really like. But with this strategy, you kind of have to adapt. Uh, and, you know, I do think that Leonard Fournette is going to be that lead running back. But again, if I'm taking this strategy, I just need to get two running back or two two systems uh, as far as my as running backs that I can count on. And then maybe like a third guy that I can fill in here. Um, and I'm we'll see if I can get him in the next couple of rounds. But uh, I almost I wanted to get some other. Pl- I I want to go another skill, but I like the wide receivers here, man. There's some. Let me ones. let me go ahead and just give a quick shout out to your strategy on this one. I'm taking Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones with these. These are two high energy running backs that when they're clicking, they're moving the ball. We've seen it from both of these players in Tampa Bay uniforms. We just don't know who it's going to be, and we both know that they can be very inconsistent. And if you blow a block or drop a pass from Tom Brady, your ass is probably on the bench. But these guys know what they're about, especially with Ronald Jones, only 23 years old, and Leonard Fournette is 26. Like These guys are not as old as you might think, and they have a ton of electricity in those legs. We expect it to be a committee approach starting off, but if one guy gets going, Bruce Arians is not about fairness. He's about who's going to help me win this game, win this yep, moment. And exactly. if one of those dudes steps up and takes over, you now have a electric running back playing behind a great offensive line and a well-coached, well-run team. This all of a sudden becomes a guy you're taking in the sixth, seventh round in a redraft then would probably be going second or third round. So you go ahead mm-hmm. and just lock up that person to pair along with Christian McCaffrey. You've got three wide receivers. I, I just like the move, Johnny, especially in the Tampa Bay backfield. I did it last year in our redraft with Sony Michelle and Damian Harris. Neither one of those backs had the juice to actually like be a dude, dude. Um, Damian was usable. They are. Yeah, he, he was for Damian a while. Was usable down in the middle of the season, and I think I think because you had him, you you probably like you know treaded water. You're right because of that, you know. Tony, yeah, Tony here win. saying. I think Gio is a perfect win. zero running back strategy, though, uh, like player to pick up. They went out and handpicked Gio Bernard. He's uh, really good at pass catching. Yeah, he is. And have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette were at pass yes, catching a couple they were times. The, like Tampa Bay led the league in running back drops last yeah. year. That is, like though, that is that is yeah. I do yeah. want to mention. I do want to say that, like, okay, right after me, Jerry Judy came off the board, which I was eyeing Jerry Judy. I'm I'm becoming like a real fan of Jerry Judy this year, uh, as far as him taking a big step, and Cortland Sutton as well. I like him. I think he, you know, he's an alpha wide receiver. Can they support he, two wide receivers though, or is just one going to be real? Hey, Teddy. Okay, so this is where it kind of gets sticky, right? Because. Sticky. Drew Lock, yeah, Drew Lock likes Cortland Sutton. He's a big body guy. He has a big catch radius, uh, and because Drew Lock's not super accurate, and that's why uh, Jerry Judy struggled. However, if they switch over to Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is more accurate, but he doesn't push the ball down the field as much or or go to contested catches. That's why I'm really starting to come around on Jerry Judy was is because I believe that 
it's got most likely going to be Teddy Bridgewater and Jerry Judy. It like that dude, it, his new nickname is, is going to be like seven 11 uh, because that dude was always open. It was just like drew Locke would never get him the ball accurately. Wasn't that like Chris Hogan's nickname. Yeah, man. Yeah. But who, it, no one, no I, one. I, don't know know that I thought you were going to say his name is seven 11. Cause he's going to be slurping, slurping. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty slurpy so, day. Drew, and I, I do like Michael right Carter now. was another guy that I, that he went to drew K. Uh, Drew K. Lou. I was kind of eyeing him as well because I like him going into that system. Uh, but again, I'm just trying to solidify uh, this roster here a little bit. Speaking of solidifying the roster, we're solidifying our roster with Whisper Nation by getting first time viewer Jackson yeah. fame over on the show. What's going on up in here? Wrong person to flash, but we're close. You can do it. Here right. we go. There we go, Jackson. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Thanks for what joining the show, on, ma'am. Thanks Austin, for joining the show. Uh, Austin, you want to take this one? This is, you you know a lot about Debo and a, and Ayuk uh, here. Yeah. So you want to you want to give your give your input on that one? Let me go. Th- yeah. Now, if you've been listening to me talk about Brandon, oh my Ayuk, gosh, I'm- Travis, seriously, stop taking my guys every time. <laughs> Dallas Carter was the guy I was seriously eyeing in the seventh okay. round. Also yeah, that's, 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 sorry, sorry, Austin. That's, uh, that's Go what ahead. happens, bro. Just, you guys, Whisper Nation, you need to know how much we really love this. This is a mock draft where Johnny and Travis are 12 picks apart, and you can see Johnny still fuming right now. Like, it is no joke. We do this because we love it, and we're psycho, and it is who we are. Thanks for joining us. And yeah. queuing up there, Tony, thanks for the people's hero over here. 22 people in here, four likes, something's off. Something is off. The math does yeah. not compute. If you're, if you're enjoying what you're seeing, please hit that thumbs up and uh, help us grow doing what we love. But back to back sure, to Jackson's question here on Debo. If you've been listening to the show at all, I love Brandon Ayuk. I think for last year's wide receiver class was one of the most talented we've seen. And Ayuk, to me, is right at the top in terms of explosiveness, opportunity. I love what he's about. But that doesn't take anything away from Debo Samuel. And the the roles are not fully defined on the San Francisco team, really at any position, um, running back position, wide receiver position, even the quarterback position. There's a lot of question marks up in the air. And Debo Samuel has a very unique play style that Johnny calls me a pit bull. Like this dude will go and he will just mess people up. He gets hurt because of it, but we're not going to bank on injuries. Maybe he's picked up that new Tom Brady, Chris Paul vegan diet and his body's working on a different level. So we're not going to bank on injuries. The dude goes out after it so i like debo samuel i like him especially if you can get him a little bit later he's kind of like a wild card player to me who has that ability to be very very impactful but we're not banking on it because we have a lot of question marks on that team as an entire unit so but when the dust starts settling he might come out ahead as being a very very viable piece and the only thing we didn't have right now was clarity but we know he's good we know we can get it done it's kind of about a wait and see thing. I, I just love him at his current ADP, especially if he's your dude, go off and get him and celebrate. The thing I do uh, want to, you know, get also give Austin a little props here because he was really heavy on Ayuk, and um, I I thought that Ayuk and Debo was were a little bit uh, closer or should be closer in ADP, uh, and so oftentimes I was saying like, yeah, I would go and get Debo instead. However, after breaking down the system, uh, looking at the target market shares for their wide receivers, I I do think Ayuk is the guy that you're going to want yeah. in the system. Uh, when you look at their ceilings, when they play together, and then when they don't, 
Debo, even without Ayuk, Debo's ceiling isn't as high as Ayuk's without Debo. So I think that if you're swinging for a, a guy who can win your league, it's going to be Ayuk. The other thing I want to note uh, that this is really important that not a lot of people are talking about, Ayuk and uh, and Kittle haven't necessarily <coughs> played a lot of time and games together. And now that you have Ayuk, Debo, and you also have Kittle, I am a little concerned that Kittle won't be as much of a target monster as he's been in the past. Now, will he still be good? Of course, he's one of the best in, in the game. But I do think that his market share will come down from that mega market sure. share we saw a couple of, of uh, years ago. I think ago. just as likely is that offense becomes super efficient if all three are rolling. We know they're all great talents, talent after the catch. We know the defenses will have to pay attention to them. And then when that guy does get it in space now – you're going to see maybe more gobs of, of fantasy goodness here when they're able to get the ball in their hands. I think this offense could take an, an elite efficiency step. Horrible. Forward. Really? That that jumped. I had 10 seconds left. Can't take anything for granted when you're drafting. Technical glitches do occur. Be ready for it in your actual drafts. Talk about how you handle Gross. glitches before you click the start draft button. We're mocking, so we're just having a good time. But actually, like real talk on this one, Whisper Nation, Come up with your league's plan if you are digitally drafting on how you handle technical glitches. Come have a chat, have a Zoom room, do whatever, and have like a, a, a safety word. If somebody says like, in our league, if you say the name of the guy you want before the clock runs out, even if the the digital draft room doesn't say you selected him, we say you got it. That That's your selection. Yeah. So just come up with that ahead of time and avoid avoid the person like, nope, nope, they took him. You can't do it. I get the guy. Like, come up with that ahead of time before you actually draft. Get ahead of that problem. I, Antonio Brown was definitely going to be that pick. That was very frustrating. Oh. Uh, Troy comes in classic game time. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> hey, Troy, Troy, my boy. Hey, another uh, Patreon subscriber. So yeah, thank appreciate you so you, much, Troy. Troy. Thank you, Troy. Go Suns. Exactly, yeah. How so we feeling? I, I want to take a little pivot here. How are we feeling, Suns fans? Are we can we can we pull this out? Can we do this? Are we I'll in there with it? You know what? Like I'm a I'm a diehard Suns fan as we know this, but I think I can see it like pretty objectively. And one of the things that made me root for the Suns so hard and feel like they had this as a lock was how much we had seen their young stars level up and Devin Booker, but more importantly, DeAndre Ayton, who people have thought was kind of just a whatever player who's now moving into like legit big man all-star category. What I didn't bank on was Giannis taking a similar type of jump. Mm. And he has gone ahead and he's he's the alpha on the court. He's the best player there. And when an alpha alpha in basketball really leans in, they have the ability to change the entire flow of the entire game. So Giannis can do it, but we need we need to take another step up then. And Booker and Ayton can do that. I think it's a pretty even match at this point. I like what DeAndre Ayton said of, hey, I'm actually, this is kind of fun. They were in a position where they were desperate and had to come back and, and, and make it happen, and they did. We had a chance to close it out. We failed, but now we get to be in their spot, going to their yeah. house, and we got to do it. So I think the best team is going to win this series, and I'm okay with that. I hope. I thought it was us at the beginning. Now it's a little bit more of a crapshoot, but I feel good thinking that. I, I think the best team is going to win this series, and I don't know who that is right now. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't – you can't convince me that the best player – in on the court or supposedly in the NBA goes seven for 28 on jump shots in the series and can, and shoots like 60% from the free throw line. Like 
all the Suns have to do, if I hope one of the Suns like roster players are watching the show right now, because please just <laughs> turn, just turn to yeah, exactly. Just turn Giannis into a jump shooter and keep him out of the lane, which I understand. Keep him out of lane is easier said than done. Days, I get it, right? but like. Uh, I know, but if you stay home on the shooters, you're, you're going to have a better value. But uh, jumping back into uh, the – I don't want to get – because I'm just going to get real mad about uh, the <laughs> I didn't Suns mean to turn now. this into a Suns yeah. pod, but yeah, I, just know you guys, I know you guys appreciate a little bit of space to talk about your team, and, and I wanted to give you guys that here. I know it's, it's I, tough. I appreciate that, Trey. I do want to say once again, uh, Travis, Ryan Tannehill, great value. Tony saying it as well. I do believe Ryan Tannehill, as of right now, is the best value in fantasy mm. in all of fantasy football right now the best value he is so he is so underrated even from my consistency standpoint he has uh you know i i i commented um a listener uh i apologize i can't remember exactly uh who had commented but they were they were asking about taking russell wilson and i simply broke it down like this i was like russell wilson is basically 50 percent of his games he's going to be a, a, a top 12 quarterback ryan Tannehill on the same on who you can get several rounds later he has been a top 12 quarterback like 67 percent of the time since taking over for uh um for tennessee and then you expect to him to pass even more because he's got a guy like Julio. They no longer have, uh, you know, Arthur Smith who loves to run the ball. So I do think that they'll they'll pass a little bit more. I think Brian Tannehill, whoever, I think he could honestly be that dark horse QB one at the end of the year. That's that's you a, think Tannehill be a dark horse. You think Tannehill's got what it takes right here to be the one? You think they're going to do? That yes. Much? Yes, he has, he has a low-key rushing, uh, sneaky rushing upside. That dude can get five touchdowns easy every single year rushing, and uh, and then you give him in a run. I'm with Austin. I'm with Austin that I don't think he could be number one. Top five though, I think he could be top five. I think he could be there. I think number one is going to require all of that rushing ability plus an increase in pass attempts for an offense that just has been able to live off of efficiency because they hand off to one of the best specimens at running back for 25 times a game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but I, I do agree with you, Johnny. Like, he's a screaming value. It was going to come down to him or Stafford for me, and I'm glad I got to choose uh, Tannehill over Stafford. I still am very intrigued with Stafford as a late-round quarterback in probably the best offense with the best offensive mind he's ever had um, with two wide receivers that are just absolutely studly in, in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Um, I think people are just still sleeping on Stafford because – that small market Detroit vibe that he's coming from. Like they don't understand. I mean, the Rams seem to understand giving all those picks up. We'll see if that's going to be folly or not, but I'm really in on Matthew Stafford as a late round QB. If you missed the boat on QB earlier, Matt Stafford this year, like we don't even know what we're about to dark, talk about dark horse, not dark horse to be number one, but dark horse to be MVP of the league. I could definitely see Matt Stafford as MVP of the NFL at the end of this year. Like I don't think people get how historically awful the Detroit lions are and how good Matt Stafford actually is. And I just talk about that from listening to other people in the NFL talk about it. And Travis, our boy, Aaron Rodgers, mm. I mean, he gives him a ton of like low key love. He's like, this dude has slept on all the time. He's crazy, crazy good. We um, talk about we, like throwers of the football. We talk about yeah. that a lot with Aaron Rodgers, just like a pure thrower of the football. When Matt Stafford throws the ball, it's like a work of art. It is so beautiful to watch that dude throw the football. So I was I was reading an article yesterday 
on the weekend of Matthew Stafford being traded and Kyle Shanahan was uh, really wanting in on Matthew Stafford and uh, Kyle Shanahan and, and uh, Sean McVay are really close. They, uh, Kyle Shanahan hired Sean McVay to be like basically his assistant when he was in Atlanta and taught him a lot. And obviously they, they run similar systems and they were both talking to each other about Stafford and how they liked, they both liked Stafford and how they both thought he was much better than what they evaluated him coming out and how, how much he's improved and how much he's underrated. And uh, it was a really funny and interesting article. They, uh, that, you know, they were just breaking down how much they both really wanted him. And and I do think that people underestimate Stafford because he has played for Detroit. And uh, and I do think that he's going to light it up in L.A. this year. John McVay, I think, is going to make sure of it. It's going to be the best coach he's ever had. It's not going to be the best set of weapons. But it's, it's a good situation. Oh, that's a that's a complete disrespect to to uh, what's his uh, now. I, Megatron. I, no, not Megatron. Just I, disrespect to Megatron. No, I was gonna say that's a that's a huge disrespect to uh, what was the the now I'm forgetting the coaches or the offensive coordinator. Uh, Daryl Bevel. No, he had like Joe the best. Lombardi? No, Matthew Barry used to say that he had the oh, best. Uh, oh, Jim uh, Bob uh, Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I want to say what's up to uh, I'm gonna lock it up. The Fancy Whispers is the great team of mock drafters of all time. Of all time, we appreciate we love that. that. We love that. I mean, right there. I, I, I hope we're we about to go into 24 hours of it this weekend. So 24 oh. hours of mock drafting starting this Saturday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Join the Patreon at the $5 level for the Fantasy Whispers. And that way you can catch all of the draft links. And then you get to draft alongside of some of the industry's best and most well-known. Liz Loza, head coach of the NFL, Hugh Jackson. Man, we've got a great, great lineup coming we got smitty we have club fantasy in there we got a lot of we've got john daigle we've got people from every nook and cranny of the industry here uh we're excited to bring them to you and and the, the cool thing about this is you know we get to bring in some old faces that are you know obviously legends and 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 faces that people know and we get to bring in new people too that people may not know that we're discovering for the first time this year and meet them live on air with you whisper nation like we get to do that right here uh, with this platform, it's a really beautiful thing. Got what's up, y'all? Keep it real. Got vacay this weekend. Let's okay. do this. All right, perfect. Oh, yeah. Johnny, could you fly the Pizza Belly right here? Just joined on Patreon. Thank you so much, Pizza Belly. Can we do a that golf clap? Golf clap for we got appreciate you so much. Big Travis got seven seconds left. Oh shoot! I'm over here just in the comments. Oh, oh. man. Oh, oh just Sean did well, not mean to take him. But I, I mean, right. that could actually I've been reading more and more reports that they I, at first they were saying he, they didn't expect him to play. Now there's reports coming out that they do expect him to play. I don't know. I think he's going to be a guy that I stay away from uh, this year. Damn. But uh, I got to say, though, uh, we're not making any comment right now on any of the civil cases going on. Uh, obviously not in support of any of, of those yeah. accusations or any of the, the behavior that's been coming out yeah. um, from a pure football and fantasy football side of it. If we're looking at projecting where Deshaun Watson might land, there are updates to that. And Travi, I know you didn't select him. But if you're taking Ryan Tannehill at nine, who we feel really good about as a, as a dark horse value pick, 
getting Deshaun Watson there in the 11th round as a potential. Now, this is now this is a guy who really could be number one, yeah. depending on the spot mm-hmm. that he lands on. He, he, yeah, he, absolutely. And you it. could sell you could sell mystery box to it, too, as well. Right, Austin? Like we've seen that before when we've seen like a Le'Veon Bell situation. Mm. You know, we've been in I you know, we've been in leagues, our league of record where Le'Veon Bell changes hands like a couple times in that year, trying to get people to buy on the value of Le'Veon Bell coming back, maybe. So the silver lining is like, should there be more? Uh, trickling uh, matriculation of articles and reports to come out that are like, hey, he could come back. You could start to sell that. And then, of course, the ceiling for Deshaun Watson is, you know, like, I wish we didn't have, I wish there were choices made that we didn't have to speak on the other part of this because Deshaun Watson was one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. And, uh, and, and unfortunately there were decisions made and I would not be selecting him. And it just goes back to what we do for this game. Like, we play this game to have fun and I want to be able to invest in having fun every Sunday when I look at the players on my roster and they're playing. And I, at this point in the, in the year and what what I know of the stories, Deshaun Watson would not be somebody I'd be excited to be starting. You know, it's just not somebody I'd be happy about, even if he were to play this year. Uh, So that's just a personal take I have on it, but you know, we have obviously the football aspect there's, I mean, that guy touches a ceiling like no other in the, in the league. So yeah, definitely on that that elite level up there. Um, Johnny, I wanted to ask you here, like you're coming to close out the the draft. We've got just a couple of picks left. Who are some of your favorite end of draft dart throws to target right now? I'm going to I'm just, you know, I, I told Travis uh, and I got him in the Scott Fishbowl. Mm. I have been I have been tweeting out about him, probably the second most behind Chase Edmonds. But I am telling Whisper Nation, I'm telling you right now. Go out in the later rounds near the end of your draft and get Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver. I'm going to take him right now because uh, I'm telling you, he should see. You You look at uh, where New England uh, is or what they're doing, where they're, where they're mm. leaning towards right now. Mm. And hold on. Let me make my second pick here, and then, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll finish up my statement here. My last pick. What should I do? I gotta. And while he's kidding, I want to get Pizza Belly's question here. What are your thoughts on Traquan Smith and/or the potential wide receiver number two in New Orleans, Travi? So I have I have struggled with this because we've kind of been wanting Traquan Smith to happen for a couple of years now. Now, yeah. to his benefit, we haven't seen a guy be able to push the ball down the field like Jameis can. You know, we saw Teddy, we saw Drew Brees, both those guys a little bit. I mean, Brees dusted. He used to be able to push it down the field, but he was not able to with Traquan as much. Um, and I actually think I like what Jameis has been saying about Traquan Smith. Johnny's talked about it in practice. He said, just get open, like, or just run. Even if you're not open, I'm going to throw it to you. We know that's what Jameis does. But uh, Traquan Smith is a guy that I think is worth it in the in these kind of late rounds. We're talking right here, the last pick of your draft. You might as well, because if he gets the, uh, you know, look, Jameis has supported two wide receivers at a time before we've seen that. So if he can do that again, you're talking about Mike Thomas and you're talking about Traquan Smith and an absolute bargain to get Smith at the end of drafts right now. Great take, Travis, and bringing that back to another dart dart throw wide receiver here in Johnny's. Man, I'm looking at Jacoby Myers' stats from the last two years. The man is 24 years old. He's six foot two. Um, He went from 359 yards in 2019 to 729 yards last year. 
if you get a similar type of increase at, at the age of 24 and the slot he has on the roll, the <laughs> slot he has on the roster, number two behind just Nelson Aguilar, that's a top spot just up for grabs. He's shown rapport already. We'll see how it does with Mac and everything moving forward. But like over a thousand yards is, is not out of the question like at all, right? Here's what I really like about him, Austin. You you talk about him as the number two, you know, behind only Nelson Aguilar. If you look at what, you know, they brought in two tight ends, they it looks like they're going and the and the talk has been that they're going to go back to the two tight end set that we saw back in with Gronk and Hernandez. If you the go Joe back to those Hunter Henry. Yeah. Yes. Uh so if you go back to those years, it was 2011, 2012. What did you what I noticed was that Wes Welker and uh and um Julian Edelman both played the slot in those years and both of those receivers got 29% market share for their team. Now you look at Jacoby Myers and what he did last year, he played half of his routes from the slot. So he should become now I'm not saying he's guaranteed 29%, but he got like 26% last year. So you could see him getting at least 26 with a guy like Mac Jones, who's a lot more accurate and uh, Austin, you talked about what he did. He had two games over 100 yards receiving down that stretch, including one that was 169 receiving yards. And he didn't score any touchdowns receiving last year. And he's still on those. And he finished uh, a couple of three games, I believe, as a top 24 wide receiver. So the upside is tremendous for a guy like Jacoby. And like I said, he's basically free. He's going in the Look 12th going. round. Yeah. And so I'm grabbing him in every single draft. I'm telling everybody. Get him on your team. You're not going to regret it. Dude, I love that take. You legit just shape the way I'm going to be targeting some of the ends of these drafts. Speaking of ends of the draft, we got one here. We're done. Yeah, just I want to throw in AJ Green okay. as another candidate for that last yeah. pick in drafts. I, I'm really buying in on some of the puff hype that's happening right now for AJ Green in, in Arizona. Yeah, it's like, man, maybe a change of scene could be enough for this guy to score 10 touchdowns in that offense, you know? And, and, uh, and him and Kyler Murray have been working out all offseason together. Like all of their workout videos, it's like Murray throwing to AJ Green and getting on that same page. So, uh, yeah. Oh, right here, Tony saying AJ Green and best ball. I, I, yeah, I think it's it's great. Whisper Nation, thanks for sticking along with hey, yeah. us. We got to the end of this draft. Give a shout out on yeah. that one. Thanks for everyone for joining along with us been enjoying what you're watching please consider liking and subscribing and hitting that thumbs up allowing us to continue growing what we love to do and we've got a couple of folks who have joined our patreon at the five dollar level that's going to lock you in to get links to join our mock draft marathon which starts next week saturday 10 a.m pacific time running for 24 straight hours of mock drafting a new one every hour on the hour and those who have subscribe to our patreon are going to be getting those links coming their way first and have an opportunity to draft alongside of some of the best in the industry including liz loza uh the boys from club ffl uh, jay the plug we got so many good ones including i just am so excited for nfl head coach hugh jackson to come on and uh to, to share some great stories and show us what's what but what now we're jumping into is our infamous draft grades where Travi, Johnny, and myself are going to go ahead and take a look at the rest of Whisper Nation's drafts here that we got going. Um, each one of us are going to break down uh, three of them. Uh, one of us will take four. Um, and then uh, I'll go ahead and do that because I'm the odd one here. And then uh, we'll select our, uh, our winners from our category. And then y'all let us know who did the best of those three 
finalists. So Travi, Johnny, myself, will pick three finalists total. Whisper Nation, you can let us know who did the best. Also, let us know who did the best between Johnny and Travis. Pit one, pit brother against brother on this one. Make them tear each other apart. It's fun to watch. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I, um, I, I, I thought he was. I thought I, he was coming at me earlier because I sniped a couple players. Hey, I, well, I, I that's the thing. Like I can't even talk. I can't talk trash on his team because he he drafted a lot of players that I like. So it's not even like I could be like, oh, he's got a trash team because it's he drafted really well. I like Travis's team. Let's go ahead and get it started. Oh, Tony Reimer right. said, guys, had a good time, and he hit us with the cheers emoji. Oh, appreciate oh, yeah. it. Time appreciate you. All right. So I will take uh, these first couple here. I got the cat's pajamas. Class. I mean, I, I got to give the, this guy looking at this roster. He, he's been mock drafting with us for over a year now, and I got to say, he has grown tremendously. Brings a tear to my eye because look at this draft. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, CEH, you know, I, I do think CEH is being a little bit overdrafted right now, but I'm okay with it in a PPR. Uh, grabbing Justin Jefferson in the third, Travis Etienne in the fourth, Jamar Chase paired with Jerry Judy, Debo, and Elijah Moore. I think that all those are, are target monsters that could potentially emerge. Uh, minus Elijah, well, no, Elijah Moore, excuse me. Uh, he could be that rookie breakout wide receiver a lot of people think that he could be on that page and then the way he stacked his running backs i really like grabbing joe burrow and justin fields two quarterbacks with with really big upside i really like what the cat's pajamas did right here um and this team just has so much upside yeah i i well done like this is awesome i really like it uh pizza belly here he's got dalvin or derrick henry Najee harris and Raheem Moster, James Conner, Gus, our Gus Bus, as his uh, five running backs. So it's a that's a solid. Uh, I really like Najee Harris. Then grabbing Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, and DJ Chark, and Torrey Smith as his four wide receivers. All should be number ones for their team. Should get a right. lot of targets. Sorry, minus Torrey. Yeah, minus sorry. Yeah, excuse me, minus Tory, but he he should be targeted enough with Jameis as the quarterback that I think he could be a, a nice flex play from from week to week. Grabbing uh, Noah Fant and uh, Irv Smith as your tight ends. I am a fan of Noah Fant as far as uh, getting being a solid tight end. I'm off the Irv Smith bandwagon though. I'm not sure he's gonna get very many targets. We've already heard the coach come out and say that his role isn't going to expand, which is. A little baffling to me, but it is what it is. Um, and then my last team here that I uh, need to grade is Freak Stomp. He got uh, Alvin Kamara, Cream Hunt, James Robinson, and Todd Gurley as his uh, running backs. He's really banking on Todd Gurley signing somewhere. And then Pat Mahomes in the second. I'm I'm fading Pat Mahomes in the second just because of the consistency charts which we see in our draft kit, where Pat Mahomes actually is not. Uh, as consistent as far as a top 12 quarterback for how high you're taking him. I just think that you're, you're gonna, you end up being a little bit disappointed, but don't get me wrong. He does present a huge uh, advantage as far as people want to swing for upside when they have to go against Pat Mahomes. So there is that little like psychological thing that you go through grabbing George Kittle in the third, and then uh, as well as Rob Gronkowski as your two tight ends. And then you, and then he's got, Julio Jones, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Devontae Parker, and T.Y. Hilton as his wide receivers. I'm going to say I got it. I mean, I 
Pizza Belly, you did very well in your draft. I do like this team. It's pretty solid, but I gotta I gotta hand it to my guy for this one. That's a cast pajamas for me. I mean, look at that team. That's that's a solid team right there. Nice. So Cats Pajamas wins the Johnny Heat. And Travis will be evaluating the next three here. And Mr. Masik's Brokow 38 and Jacob Bly, our number one fan. All right. Well, we'll jump in here with uh, Mr. Meeseeks. His running back core consists of Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, Naheem Hines, and Gio Bernard. Love the Naheem Hines and Gio Bernard, especially in PPR, getting them late right there. Didn't have to spend much. The Zeke Pollard uh, situation is a, is a nice one to have as your RB anchor. You want a little bit more. RB robust, but then went away from that uh, completely. DeAndre Swift is your RB two. I think that's where you want to draft him, but I would also want to have more depth for guys if, if, if it just doesn't pan out. Um, let's look at the wide receivers. That should have been where you could get an advantage drafting a little bit like this. So Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Antonio Brown, and Michael Gallup. I love the upside of Brown. I love the volume of Brandon Cooks, especially in PPR. T. Higgins, I think, is a guy that Really, when people look at it at the end of the year, would we be surprised if T. Higgins is the number one wide receiver in Cincinnati? I know Jamar Chase is there, but I think the chemistry is already proven at the NFL level with Higgins and Burrow. So I like that. Cooper Cup getting absolutely slept on. Uh, And then Dak Prescott, where you got him, I thought was great value, obviously coming back from the ankle injury. This team is Darren Waller there, too. I. This team is good. It like should be really great. I just think it's a little like top heavy. I'm not loving what you did to diversify the running back. So that scares me a little bit. Uh, but the wide receivers are definitely plentiful here. And that you start three of them. So that's not a bad place to be. Brocal 38 started his running back robust strategy with Saquon Barkley, Gibson and Josh Jacobs. We talked about Josh Jacobs um, and we talked about a situation where now his ADP is getting to a point where like we're interested. So that's 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 one to take a look at there. We got Russell Wilson in the fifth. Um, I, I just don't know with Russ. If he can get a good coordinator and they can stay consistent the whole year, we just have never seen that with Russ. It's either beginning or end is 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 a little dicey. Deontay Johnson here, then Mike Kosecki, uh, Will Fuller, and Corey Davis to round out his wide receivers. I like the Damian Harris in the ninth. Great value there. Um, and then McKissick to kind of protect the Gibson pick. Like his running backs a whole lot better. I think his wide receivers have uh, can can put up with Mr. Meeseek. So we'll go on to Jacob Bly, number one fan. Uh, Jacob Bly, ball don't lie. Uh, Nick Chubb here in the first. We love that in this in the, at the one seven. Then DeAndre Hopkins followed by Dobbins for his top three. Don't love the Dobbins pick, but once again, his ADP is now falling kind of like Jake, Josh Jacobs, where we might be interested depending on where he ends up uh, by the time fall comes around. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, LaVisca Chenault, and Marquise Brown are his wide receivers. Um, don't have any problem with taking mm-hmm. both Tampa wide receivers here. Uh, I love the upside of Chenault and Marquise Brown. Uh, TJ Hawkinson should absolutely eat uh, target-wise, so we love that at tight end. And then Aaron Rodgers, like, it, it's time. Like, it's time to start drafting Aaron Rodgers as if he's playing because he is playing. And then he was able to get Jalen Hurts. This surprises me greatly. Jalen Hurts yeah. in the 11th round, I think, is a, an extreme value. So he banks on Whoa. even if Rodgers yeah. was able to – uh, was was going to hold out for some reason. You got the upside, the Konami code of Jalen Hurts. Hurts has a top five uh, easiest schedule or strength of schedule in the beginning of the season. So that's a dude. Great really quick, when you were Johnny, when you were talking earlier in the show about Ryan Tannehill being such an excellent value pick, I was going to bring up. You know, I'd say yeah after Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And I was trying to look up on the draft board of where he had gone. And yeah, he I thought he had yeah. already been taken. He was, he and was I, taken I, I later. don't know how I missed that he wasn't taken. I definitely would have taken him where I took Tannehill. I, I do like Hurts a lot. Um, 
I, I don't know if this is swinging it enough though, because I, do, I, the running backs for Bly also scare me as well. Similar to me, Mr. Meeseeks. I'm just trying to compare. Um, I really, I, I, actually, yeah. I, I think I will go with, with Bly. The value on Hertz is obviously big. He can, he's got, I just wish he had more depth at running back. Uh, but the wide receivers taken... are, are nasty right here. Like Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chris Godwin as your starting three to pair with Hawkinson, who could put up wide receiver numbers as far as targets are concerned uh, this year. I, I just wish one more running back in here somewhere uh, would have done it, but uh, I, I think he gets it anyways. I think he's just stacking up a lot better than these other teams. Do I also think a squad though with those backs, but yeah, I also think if he would, if he would have taken, if he would have taken David Montgomery instead of uh, uh, J.K. Dobbins, I would have been that would have been dynamite, in my opinion. David Montgomery to me is mine. I I expect to see him continue to climb, and I think come Labor Day roundabouts, we're seeing him in the second round. Uh, Yeah, I would not be surprised at all. I hope not. Uh, it's going to happen. There's no, there, you know, he's right there. There's I no agree. I agree. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that, that it should. But I just, I love his value so much right now. It's like, please. Also, you know how they make those infographics where they're like, the, it changes over time. And like, yeah. they have like the, they should do that with ADP where it's like, you should see these guys and they're like, a maybe that's something. We'll yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like, like metamorphic. Like What's that? What was that book? Uh, like that book when you're in, they, they were like morph into a different animal or whatever. Animor- animorphs. Animorphs. There we go. Yeah, there we go. But it's it's ADP morphs. God, I love you trying, Johnny. Hor- God, horrible, you horrible. Trying. You miss yeah, all the shots you don't take, Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky. Uh, That's right. The, that's right. The real whisper, death by Rona, in the eighth spot takes Jonathan Taylor. We've been saying after Nick Chubb is the right spot. I still stand by that today. I like that first pick, like where you got him. Aaron Jones in the second round gives you some nice ceiling lift, and David Montgomery might be your most voluminous running back, and he's your third selection deep in the third round. We've said we expect to see David Montgomery climb up today. That didn't happen. You got him where you got him, and you have an edge uh also then with david johnson there in the eighth round just another starting running back we don't expect big things out of him but we might expect decent volume and it's his job to lose so you got another running back to start you probably got the best running back core of the whole draft here um and then Allen robinson adam thielen juju smith schuster michael pittman jr henry ruggs and Nicole hardman for not selecting a wide receiver until the fourth round you not only got some high floor, you also got some high ceiling weapons there. Allen Robinson is just – this is the number 12 wide receiver in standard, the number nine wide receiver in PPR who's 27 years old, who's done it with multiple quarterbacks. You just picked up in the fourth round. Like he's being slept on and he shouldn't be, and you capitalized there. Adam Thielen, feel pretty comfortable saying he's probably going to be the number two behind uh, Justin Jefferson, but don't get too crazy. He's still a number one wide receiver last year. He's just 30 years old, not concerned about that, the wide receiver position. And um, uh, 14 touchdowns last year. So I I like that as your number two. And then between Juju Smith-Schuster, Pittman, Ruggs, and Mecole Hardman, like you got a lot of really good dice rolls here. They're not even dice rolls. They're Pieces on the team. Michael Hardman is the number two wide receiver on the best offense in the league. Ruggs was formerly the number one overall selected wide receiver. Fastest guy in his draft. Who's just 22 years old. Um, Pittman, we, we expect to see more things out of him. And Juju Smith-Schuster, like as much as we like to, to drag on him because he didn't ascend to be this top level wide out, was the number 17 wide receiver in PPR last year. Like 
This is a great, great squad with Justin yeah. Herbert as your lead quarterback, who you got at a nice value. And then to close it out with Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry, two very high upside wide res- or tight ends that are going to hold some wide receiver value. Um, this is a kick-ass draft. Yeah, really like it. All right, moving on to Drew K. Lou, who takes Tyreek Hill as the first wide receiver off the board. Um, let's talk about his wide receivers here in the third round. Then he pairs Tyreek Hill up with Terry McLaurin. These are my two wide receivers I have in Dynasty. I like that. Kenny Galladay there then in the fifth. Robbie Anderson, Jarvis Landry, and Rondell Moore there um, to round out your wide receiver troop. Um, this is a nice set of wide receivers. Uh, Terry McLaurin and Tyreek Hill, that's fire. Kenny Galladay should be really nice, but he's coming off of a hip surgery. We just haven't seen it happen yet. Um, might take a little bit of time. He's adjusting to a new team, new quarterback, new pelvis, but, you know, like we expected to come through. Um and uh, so, so you got you got a nice set of wide receivers with some real upside there in Tyreek Hill and Terry McLaurin and pending health with with Galladay as well. Um, your quarterbacks are going to be either Stafford or Matt Ryan. I'm down on Matt Stafford this year because of Dave Ragone and the points that Johnny had mentioned earlier. Um, but I'm way high on Matt Stafford, so I like that pickup. And I think Philip Lindsay's actually who you got in the 13th round is who's going to lead the Houston Texans in overall activity by the end of the season that's that's my pick for um houston um so this is a good squad yeah. it's a good squad but i'm moving on now to nyg noah and and real whisper is uh, is on top for me right now but anyway moving over here to nyg noah and then don flicked afterwards he takes stefan diggs as the second wide receiver off the board uh, a lot of reasons to go along with that given he's a number three wide receiver and it's just his first year linking up with josh allen expect good incredible Impressive things to come between those two. Um, he takes Travis Kelsey there and Josh Allen. This is a fun one, two, three. Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey, Josh Allen. We could say three elites. Um, plus a double got, dip. Plus a double dip. Like you win for fun. Like yeah. you definitely <laughs> win the fun one here. Um, CeeDee Lamb then, uh, Lockett and Waddle. High upside, other guys on the team. I see what you're doing. Uh, high ceiling, not low floor, but unstable um mike davis then let, let's so there's the wide receivers we got stefan diggs we got cd lamb we got tyler lock we got waddle darnell mooney the internet's favorite russell gage and beasley damn i'm surprised russell gage is still available at, at the 12th round but maybe given those points johnny had made about a decrease in the passing value we shouldn't expect crazy crazy things out of atlanta's number two still to be serviceable but nothing crazy like we've seen in years past um i think he's got good wide receivers uh it could be great it could be great if CeeDee Lamb takes a massive step, if Waddle fills in. I don't think it's going to happen, though. It, it, maybe this is like a – in a dynasty situation, I'd really like this wide receiver more than I would in a redraft this year, but it's still nice. At the running back spot, you didn't take uh, one until the fifth round, but you went ahead and got Javante Williams, who I uh, I like there if you're taking your number one. Mike Davis then is your number two. Mike Davis is the number one, but maybe his upside's a little bit limited just because of who he is, but – Javante Williams, and he's not the starter, but he has maybe some upside from the mystery box rookie perspective. Interesting pairing. Um, and then Singletary and Kenneth Gainwell. I think you got a serviceable squad, um, but you're going to have some unstable floors. Um, yeah. it's, 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 you need some things to work out. It's like, will um, that yeah. big three be able to carry the days that like Lockett yeah. is down or, you know, Mike Davis and Javante Williams don't do that? Doing well, it, you know. well said, Travi. Yeah, I, I love how he said that he, you know, he's never uh, done a no RB strategy for four rounds. And I, I want to just take a second, real quick, to say like 
awesome. Good for you for trying it out and, and really testing it because that's one of the major reasons we're here and why we fill this up every single week with not just computer uh, and because we want to help Whisper Nation try out different strategies as well. So kudos to you for trying it out, man. And a couple other, you know, if, if he would have faded on Tyler Lockett and, and like, I'm a big fan of James Robinson. I think he's going to get over 200 carries. Um, you talked about Fournette, Jones, wasn't a ton of other guys there available, but, but maybe taking one of the guys who has some volume there in the sixth round could have really boosted it up. Um, but a Tyler Lockett, if you believe in what he's about, then I get that piece too. He can be a league winner for you if that comes through. Moving over to the last judgment of the day, Don Flick, what's going on? Donnie in the 11th spot he selects dk metcalf third wide receiver off the board um going along with the wide receivers in the third he takes amari cooper still their technical number one um and then brandon Ayuk there in the sixth really like him we talked about brandon Ayuk's upside and expected role on the team earlier in the show uh curtis samuel there should get a, a bump up there you already have ryan fitzpatrick talking about him amon ross st brown there in the 11th love to see his adb creeping up uh, it's a whole cast of misfit toys over there in Detroit, but they went out and got St. Brown. So they do have some plans for him. We'll see what he does with his initial role. Baker, or excuse me, and then Paris Campbell. We're just banking on him being healthy and finally showing us what he's about. A couple of injury plague seasons, but the Indianapolis Colts still have a lot of hope for him. I think taking him that late is a nice pick. Um, so I like your wide receivers here. Um, I think they got a lot of really nice upside, especially considering how you kind of spaced them out. Um, running back selection, Cam Akers there in the second, and Miles Sanders is some really nice upside. Um, Kenyon Drake, if something happens to Josh Jacobs or the he really does take over that third down pass catching role, you're in a you're in a decent spot. Holding my breath though on Miles Sanders and the whole running back situation until we see a little bit more. There's just there's just so much in the mix. Drafting Kenneth Gainwell, new coach, new a lot, new new quarterback you expect. Um, and Joe Flacco, just kidding. Um, <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks, moving over here to Don Flicks, he takes Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield. I actually really like that pairing. And shoot, guys, if, if Tom Brady was playing on a torn MCL, like the news came out this week and was still able to, yeah, we know he won a Super Bowl, but he had a, he had over 4,600 yards and 40 touchdowns last year. Yeah, like, it, it was wild. He was good I, and kind of a slow start too. Like Tom Brady was legit last year, and his his weapons are insane. And you might say he's even better this year because he's actually got a knee. So I like that. Yeah, and, and forty they, touchdowns. Imagine if he had his knee intact. <laughs> better rapport with the weapons, better knee, all kinds of good stuff. I feel excited about that. And Baker Mayfield too. I think he's got an uptick year coming up, and you got them both. This is a really good squad. I like this one, Don Flicked. Um, but it's going to the real whisper, death by Rona for me. And honestly, it's it's it's. It's him and it's him alone for my four on this one, just with those three running backs that are so solid. But then the wide receivers can still, too, they can compete right there. And uh, you need Justin Herbert to not do what Johnny thinks he's going to do in regress. But if, if he goes the way that he could and just does what he did last year, you're in a, a phenomenal position. So that's my that's my pick. So we got what? We got the real whisper, Travis. Cats pajamas. I had Jacob Bly. Uh, and we have the cat's pajamas. And then obviously... Uh, the Real Whisper. All three of these gents, Patreon subscribers, all three of them just supporters of the brand, and all three of them have been mocking with us since February and a lot, actually, years before that, and it's showing mm -hmm. because they're dominating these drafts, and I can't wait to have them dominate with us mock draft marathon this weekend. Yes. Yeah. 
weekend. So make sure last pitch on this one. If you haven't joined the Patreon subscription at the $5 level and you like what you're seeing, consider doing that because we're going to be sending our live links for the mock draft marathon, which is next week starting at 10 a.m., 24 straight hours alongside of other industry professionals. Um, you can draft alongside some of those well-known names, including yours truly here, Liz Loza, head coach Hugh Jackson, uh, the boys from Club FFL, Jay the Plug. A um, lot of great stuff coming up at you next week. So make sure you follow on Twitter. But if you subscribe on the Patreon $5 level, you'll be able to be a part of that game action with all of the industry professionals. Is that right, Johnny? Absolutely. All right. Big Trav, anything I'm missing? No, just uh, have a great day, everybody. We, uh, we're above ground. Let's go out there and get it. Yeah. All right. I'm subscribe. Austin here. Subscribe like if you have it. There's Johnny Game Time Hicks. Big Travi right there. I'm Austin Sear. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Oh, hey. You made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw and you want to learn how to dominate your own draft and win your own league, head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and grab your copy of the Fantasy Whispers draft kit today. Or click the link in the description below. And if you're still not sold, check out one of these videos.